Welcome to the Wired for Success podcast, your show for ambitious, mission-driven entrepreneurs who want to build million-dollar businesses without sacrificing their health, relationships, or happiness, who understand that in order to build their empire, they need a solid foundation, and that the more they are thriving, the more their business is thriving too. This show brings you the very best from science, self-development, and entrepreneurship to set you up for sustainable success. Hi, I'm Claudia Garbett, the scientist turned mindset and high performance coach for entrepreneurs, and I help you get wired for success. Hey everyone, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Wired for Success podcast, where we talk about all things science, self-development and entrepreneurship that help you get to that next level of success in your life and business. Today, I'm bringing you another interview episode. And my guest today is Alec Hansen. He's a mortgage lender and coach who is currently the senior vice president of production for Long Depot Southwest Division. Alec has funded countless mortgages over his 17-year career and in 2010 alone he lent over 1 billion and that's 1 billion with a b <laughs> dollars to customers he has received several awards and achievements but most recently he received housewires rising star award in 2017 and 19 congratulations Thank you. and <laughs> has been named the top 40 under 40 achievers for the national mortgage professional magazine for the past three years He's the host of the Modern Lending Podcast, as well as the author of his own books, Bypass and Loan Depot's Modern Lending Playbook. Now get ready for this conversation with a hardworking entrepreneur and fun-loving husband and father. Welcome, Alec, and thank you so much for being on my show. Oh, today. Claudia, I'm so excited. Thank you. That was very kind. This is going to be so fun. Thanks for having me on the show. Of course, I'm looking forward to it. So, Alec, let's start with my favorite warm-up questions. Yes. What made you fall in love with the mortgage industry? What factors does influence that career decision? And did you have any key experiences that pointed you in that direction? So a lot of people fall into this industry by luck and chance. It's not one of those industries where everybody is just clamoring out of college to go into the mortgage space. So I, I kind of fell into it because I asked my dad for a job in college. And he was like, yeah, I'll help you out, son. And, I, and then I was in the mortgage industry, shipping loans, and I was uh, processing files and just kind of learning the game. Um, but very quickly in mortgage, you find out if it's for you or not, because it is very entrepreneurial. It's very sales centric. It's like the sky is the limit. If you want to build your own business and scale it up, it's, it's up to you how big you want to go. And so you really get that like risk reward factor in there. Um, and it's very sales centric. So you're out there. I mean, it's like it's you eat what you kill type of a thing. You know, there's no guarantee of your next of next deal. You're out there every day. Um, and so you just kind of fall in love with that world if it's for you. The ups and downs, the heartaches, the, the, the tough nights, the long weekends. Um, but when you have these breakthrough moments in your career, it, it, it's just a, it's an incredible industry. And I've been in it for a long time. It's had its major ups and downs and cycles. Um, but yeah, I think the people in it, the salespeople, the process, it's just... You can't replace it. You can't find it anywhere else. So people try to leave the industry and I'm like, you're going to come back because you're going to realize you can't, you can't do what you can do here anywhere else. So you have to love the hunt. <laughs> you, you really do. You're, it's, it's almost these mortgage sales professionals are kind of crazy. Uh -huh. They're a little nuts. They're a little, little crazy, little bipolar, little A-type, little control freaks. Just, they're just maniacs and they're, they're my people. So I love them. <laughs> Sounds awesome. So when you think back, are there any things in your career that you would do differently if you had to do it all over again? 
You know, the only thing, and I, I actually, that's a great question, is I didn't understand or have the right frame of reference for what the internet and social media and, and platforms like YouTube were really going to do to the sales and entrepreneur landscape. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't get involved fast enough. You know, I was in the platforms. I, I was on Facebook in college when it came out and all that stuff, but I just, I didn't understand what it would do and how people would use it and what it would kind of create. Um, and, and I think there's a lot of misconceptions about it still. So I would have gotten all in a lot faster in digital, social, video, um, if I had to do it again. Right. And what advice would you want to give to an aspiring mortgage broker or first-time entrepreneur? What should they pay special attention to? Where people are spending their time. Mm. You know, I, I really feel like if you're in sales, you're an entrepreneur, you're trying to build a business, it's really about attention and having an opportunity to share what you're doing with people at scale and build that kind of relationship, whether it's digital or physical, et cetera. And you can only really do that where, if you're hanging out where the people are hanging out. <laughs> so true. It sounds so simple, but you know, it's like, it's one of those things where I go, oh, that makes a lot of sense now. And so it's building something, you know, the digital brand concept or personal brand concept that's kind of buzzy and out there. It's just all about being with community, building community digitally, physically, and leveraging these tools where humans are hanging out. And what's your favorite platform for doing that? Well, honestly, professionally, it's LinkedIn, which is amazing. It's um, great, right? It's awesome. <laughs> and people are, people underestimate that platform so fast. Like, oh, it's just old people and they're, you know, recruiters. Yeah. And I'm like, you don't understand. <laughs> um, but I also like, I, I totally enjoy TikTok. It's hysterical. I'm having, like, it's a, it's a goofy platform and there's lots of weird stuff on there. But like there's community happening there and there's different conversations happening there. And so I, I think that, uh, but I also, you know, I try not to judge them too harshly. Like people, Facebook's a good example where people are really turned off by Facebook these days. And I'm sitting here going, well, people are still using it aggressively. Yeah. People are still on that platform all the time. So yeah, you might not like it, but that's kind of where people are. So you got to figure out how to, how to play there and have a strategy there. But I, I would say LinkedIn's probably my favorite right now. Yeah, I think Facebook is, uh, it has become so much, well, pay to play. So I think that's not much yeah. happening organically anymore, at least not from what I'm seeing. Now, is there a common myth in your industry that you would like to debunk? Maybe there is something that a lot of entrepreneurs in the mortgage industry believe that just isn't true, at least not true in your experience. Well, I think the number one thing that I tackle regularly is, is reconstructing how people view social media. Okay. Um, because social media can be very toxic and it can um, be very negative and full of political views and infighting and a lot of stuff that I know and, and a lot of humble bragging and people posting their food and, you know, the Instagram life, we call it, where you're just, everything's perfect all the time. And, you know, this fake influencers and I get all that. And it can be very gross and kind of frustrating. Um, but then when people realize that you actually have control over who's in your feed, you have control over who you're connected to, you have control over what you contribute to the conversation online. Um, you can really reframe that space and understand, hey, there's actually an opportunity for to be a really good person here, mm. to, to build really good connections here, to make relationships. Um, and so I think that the number one kind of myth is, you know, these platforms, you know, I don't like them, that they're terrible. And I'm going, you just got to reframe how they are because they're not. That's just your viewpoint of it. And I think it's maybe incorrect. And the second, um, Claudia, is people are really afraid of video. 
Hmm. Really afraid of getting on video, yeah. which was I was so so excited when you said, "Can we record this on video today?" I was like, "Absolutely!" <laughs> well, because it's just there's a big people have these deep rooted insecurities of I don't like what I look like, I don't like what I sound like, people are going to judge me, they're not going to like me, I'm going to say something stupid, and all those fears push people out of the space where there's opportunity, mm-hmm. and so that's another place I play a lot in just to kind of unearth that and get it out there. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean. I used to hate video a lot (laughs) before I learned to get comfortable with that. And just like, I mean, you meet people in real life every day and you can't fight every day, right? (laughs) No, yeah, you absolutely cannot. And and it's a skill, like you said, like you get comfortable, it's a practice. It just doesn't happen overnight. No, No. yeah, and that's totally fine, right? People can take baby steps. (laughs) Yes, please. (laughs) Now, Okay, I have to ask that. With all the craziness in the world right now, um, what trends do you predict for your industry for the next five years? So what do you think with the pandemic and the current situation in Ukraine, how will this influence the market? What trends do you see? It's, It's funny you ask that. So in the 18 years I've been running around doing this game, the only constant that you can ever rely on is that you're never gonna know what's coming. Change. Change. I, I, change is going to happen for sure. Yeah. But like which direction up, down, left, right. It's like, you just, you just don't know what direction's going. So the only thing that I, that I could push on and lean on that matters from now and five years from now is the number of relationships you have, the deepness mm. of those relationships, the, the connectedness you are to other human beings. That's the only thing that we can control. That's the only thing we can manage to. And you know, predicting the market or trying to get in the right place. It, no, it's going to buck you around. You're not going to know. But if you have, if you focus on building deep, authentic relationships with human beings, that's going to serve you now and in five years. I love that. I love that so much because that's exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> so thank you so much for things. Just validation, you know, just some validation. <laughs> no, it really is all about authentic connection and building those relationships, at least. In, in my opinion, it doesn't really matter what it looks like on the surface. There can be people with, say, small audiences and they can be super, super successful because they have built the right connections, right? It's, it's not about what it looks like on the surface. It's about what you what you build, what what relations you create and, yep. and establish. So you are great at building a successful personal brand. Can you tell us about those seven things that every entrepreneur needs to do to develop such a dynamic personal brand? Well, I I think the first thing that I'd love to talk about is just kind of demystifying what that personal brand concept means or adding my, at least my flavor to it. So people can hear that and go, okay, maybe I, maybe it makes sense. Um, And so, and the best way I can do that is kind of just through my own process and my own story. You know, in the, in the glory days of my sales career, we had Nokia and Blackberry brick phones. We, we, did, we had MapQuest printouts. We didn't have all of human knowledge in our pocket. And so in order to get business, I, I literally it was driving around, going door to door, going to open houses, finding realtors, finding people of influence, finding people that could refer me customers and building human physical relationships. And of course, in that process, you build a reputation. People get to know you. They, can, they respect your hustle. They can see you running around. They, you're sending them stuff in the mail. You're calling them for appointments. And so they, you build this, quote, reputation. Mm-hmm. And you get known in your community for hard work, whatever, doing a good job or being a, being a, a screw up, whatever it is. So you take that reputation concept that we all know, we, we live it, we understand it, 
And then you pull that into the digital space. You pull that up into social media, into YouTube, into these places where people are hanging out. And now we start to get this concept of personal brand or personal reputation or digital reputation. And I think that's an easier place for people to understand. Because when you really break down what it is to have a brand or what is a brand, my favorite description of it is the emotion connected to an experience somebody's had with you or a product. And so in this case, as a person, it's you. And that emotional experience connection is, is their brand recognition is what people understand. Mm-hmm. And so kind of from that platform, you start to realize that things like actually being who you are. So like an authenticity, like showing up as, as who you are, not as a caricature, not as a fake influencer, not as somebody who has it all together, but like a real human being is part of what that brand connection is because people connect to people. Um, it, it's an amazing, you know, reality when we get down to it. So understanding that authenticity is huge. Consistency is the only way I know to build a brand. Mm-hmm. Meaning, you know, I joke around in, in the States a lot and say, name an insurance company. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, Geico or Allstate. They all jump in their heads because we've seen these commercials just pounded into our face mm-hmm. for years. And so you realize, okay, well, they must understand consistency builds something. It's awareness. It's, it's, it's connection. So you have to show up consistently on these platforms in people's lives to build brand. And then, you know, there's other components of it that I really like, which are like your story. Mm-hmm. People's personal story, their successes, their hardships, the things they've accomplished, things they want to accomplish, that's everybody's superpower. True. And it is. And, and we just, we don't, sometimes we are embarrassed by our stories. Um, we don't, we don't want people to really know some of that stuff. Um, because, but I'm, I'm telling you, once you unleash that, it's, it's really your superpower. That's where, that's where real human connection happens mm, um, when they can, yeah, yeah people relate can, to struggle more than they relate to success. Well, of course, because yeah. we are all struggling all the we time. Struggle. <laughs> so, you know, these elements, um, cause the, the other side of this that I just to, to kind of throw the other side of the coin out is people think a brand is a logo or a hashtag or a cool catchphrase. And I'm like, none of those things are a brand. They're, they're not, they're, that's not the focus. People are like, I'm gonna go rebrand myself, get a new hashtag, a new website, a new, a new Facebook profile page. And I'm like, no, no, they don't wanna connect with that. They wanna connect with you and what you do and what you sell, you're the brand. And for a lot of entrepreneurs and salespeople, they forget that. Mm. They wanna make their product, their service, the brand. Yeah. They like to hide behind. They want to hide behind logo. it. They want to push this yeah. logo or this image or this yeah. thing. And I'm going, no, no, it's you, man. It's you. Yeah. Maybe. They, <laughs> yeah. they are embarrassed by the struggle. I see that happening so often. People are just embarrassed by the struggle. They don't want people to know. And that's why they hide. But yeah, I think you're, you're so right in saying that you shouldn't hide behind a logo. You should be the person you are in front of everyone. <laughs> yep. And, and that's, that's, that's takes vulnerability. Yeah. It just takes vulnerability. It does. And, and it, it does. It's very hard. It's very hard to be vulnerable in front of other people. And um, that's why I always say that entrepreneurship is kind of like the biggest self-development journey that you can be on because that's what you have to learn. You have to learn to understand your own motivations, your own drives, your own process of thinking and approaching your goals. And then you have to communicate that to other people. <laughs> I, I have a funny story on that. Okay, go. So I'm out hustling. I'm a young sales guy. I, I'm doing my best. And um, I'm, I'm going to, I proposed to my wife and we we're going to get married. And 
So I was really excited. We were going to go to Greece for our honeymoon, you know, saved a bunch of money and I was, I was excited. But I, before I went to go on my honeymoon, I, I wanted to accomplish something I hadn't done before, which was I wanted to fund in a single month over $10 million, which is a lot of money. And so I made a flyer, the worst flyer ever in like paint and like Microsoft paint, something terrible. And it's a picture of me. And it says like the $10 million challenge. And I have good hair and a suit on. And, and I, I sent it to the top, all the top referral partners and agents in my market. And I said, I need your help. I'm getting married in July. I want to fund over $10 million before I get married. It's been a goal of mine forever. I've never accomplished it. I'm putting it out there. Mm-hmm. If you can help me. I'd love it. I, I, and, and so this was as, as vulnerable as you get. I'm literally just sending people a flyer saying, please help me accomplish this thing. And I funded $13 million that month wow. because people and people who didn't really use me and, and, and I wasn't their preferred partner. They had other partners, but they were like, okay, I've seen this guy a thousand times. He's out in the street. He's working hard. He's a young kid. I'll, I'll, you know what? Maybe I'll refer him this, this family. And, and I got business. Mm. And, it, and it was literally that story that you were just kind of circling around, which is I put myself out there in a position of vulnerability. I asked for help. I specifically yeah. said, I need you to come help me. And people responded because they had seen all the consistency and hard work and effort that I've been putting in to try to, to get there. It was awesome. It was, it was great. <laughs> yeah. And people like to help other people, especially if they have something like, you want to get married or something it has this romantic <laughs> notion they want to support yeah. that yeah and, and it's just a great example of being vulnerable declaring what you want to do out into the world yeah and letting the people around you that you've been prospecting and working with and 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 you know at the networking events with just just support you name it and claim it That's right <laughs> declare it to the universe And I know that coming up with new content is something that a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with. Now, can you maybe talk us through your own content strategy that has allowed you to, to grow a pretty big audience on different yeah. platforms? So this is a funny experience, um, and I don't recommend this for anybody who's going to, so don't take my advice here. But <laughs> about two years ago, when I went all in on digital and social and trying to build attention and brand and help people and serve and all that fun stuff, um, I realized I wasn't doing any of it myself. So I was coaching salespeople to do it and not doing it myself. Mm. So I'm going to set a personal challenge. I'm going to do a hundred videos in a hundred days mm. across LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. I'm going to put a video out every single day. Nice. And I pulled up a Google drive doc and, and Excel. And I just started listing topics, stories that I've experienced, um, advice that I would give salespeople, uh, helpful tips and tricks. And I just started writing down stuff on a Google drive doc of things that were like a one to three minute topic, something I could hit real fast that I felt would be helpful. Mm -hmm. And of course it had really no strategy or direction. One day I talked about owning a standing desk and I said, this is a really cool thing. I like stand like, like so, super random. And the, to like stories of driving away from real estate offices, because I was too afraid to even walk in and introduce myself like real, like, you know, moments of vulnerability. And then I put about 35, maybe 40 ideas on, the document in 30 minutes. And I was like, okay, I can get to a hundred. This is gonna be no problem. 35, 40 things in 30 minutes. Uh, and then I was like, oh no, that's all I have. I can't come up <laughs> yeah. anymore. And I hit that wall where you're like, what else should I talk about? Uh -huh. um, but then I, I, I started producing out the videos. I started doing it every single day. And my encouragement for people that are stuck on this, what do I say? What's my content strategy? Um, there is so much to talk about. There's actually endless content to talk about. 
And the stuff you're saying today about some topic can be repeated again, because not everybody's just listening to everyone, everything we say every second on the internet. And I don't mean play the same video again. I mean, just come back with the same message and share it from a different viewpoint. And so it, it's actually the inverse of what people think. It's, there's literally unlimited things to talk about. That's um, so much, I agree. Right? I mean, especially <laughs> if you're passionate about what you're doing and you're building something and you're on fire in your soul. I mean, then it's like, come on, you just talk about that. People <laughs> yeah. wanna see that. I agree. Now, as a coach, who is your ideal client and what can your ideal client expect from working with you? Well, right now I'm taking a group of crazy people on this thing that I called a road to hundred million where they're great producers, but they want to go, they want to accomplish that milestone of doing a hundred million dollars in a single year, which is a big, mm. hard thing to achieve. So these people are doing anywhere from 30 to 70 million and they want to get to hundred. And really my ideal client right now in, in that same, or the person that I'm excited to be around and be in that, in that path with are people who are willing to just stop caring. And, mm. and let me explain what I mean by that. That sounds bad. <laughs> it, no, it's, it's, it is, but it's like, you know, when you're at the end of your rope and you just go, I'm over it, I'm going in, you can do yeah. amazing things. You're ready to push through. You're ready to kind of have your breakthrough moment. And so what I mean by stop caring is please stop caring about what other people think on the internet. Please stop caring about what you look like and sound like on, on video. You know, please stop caring about how people are going to perceive you and judge you. Because when you unleash your true self and you get out there and you put it into the world, you attract those like-minded people. You attract your ideal client. Mm, yeah. They, they see, they're into your vibe. They want that. They want that, that connection, that authenticity. And the people that aren't, because they're people that aren't, they self-select away. Mm -hmm. That's great. Like they go away. They block, mute, move on, unfriend. <laughs> Good. Because those people you didn't want to work with anyway. <laughs> yeah. I agree. So it's not about not caring anymore. It's about letting go of attachment. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Just, you just got to let go and, and jump into the pool. Right. Now, what has been the best investment you have made in say the last year or so that has really had a big impact on your life or business? And this could be an investment of time, money, energy, or all of the above. Uh, I invested in people to come alongside me and help me in my branding and, and digital journey, mm. you know? And so I stopped trying to do it all myself, which I'll put an asterisk there. I think everybody should learn the basics, like how to put how to upload videos, how to edit, do some basic editing. You don't have to be like a master, you know, Photoshopper, but something just to kind of understand how the platforms work and, and don't just outsource it immediately. Mm. But as soon as I brought other people in and I let go a little bit of the control I wanted around it, that's hard, um, right? That's brutal. <laughs> it's the worst. No one has to let go of control. Uh, and, and then, and you know, mistakes would happen, and posts would go out that I was like, "Oh, that's not that's not good." And mm -hmm. and 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 but but in that process, growth started to happen, and new ideas and new um, challenges to me of how I was perceiving things or how I wanted to position things was happening. And then, and you just can't go wrong in investing in other people and and letting them come in and put their voice in and their self into it. It's it's it was the next step. Sounds good. Now, with all that you have achieved so far, what are your big ambitious plans for the coming year? What are you excited about and what would you like to achieve on a professional as well as on a personal level? You know, right now, Claudia, I, thanks. That's a cool question. Um, 
what I've realized in my personal journey in brand development and in running my division and supporting my salespeople is the journey doesn't really, the journey is the, is the destination. I know that's terribly mm. cliche, but like, you know, I, I, it, it is so true. You know, I look back over two years of going all in on this, on this concept in this space and the connections I've made, the, the humans I've found and that have found me and that the relationships we've built, uh, the experiences we've had, even in COVID when I've never met some of these people ever, um, it, it's like more of that, please. You know, cause it's not about building vanity metrics and having more followers. That's all garbage stuff. That's the, that's the bad side of social that I was kind of talking about earlier. But, you know, I've, I've met so many cool people. Uh, I've expanded my business opportunities through that. I, I've hired on great, great people into the organization that I work at, you know, made new friends. Um, and so for me, I'm just like, yeah, more of that. More of the same. <laughs> yeah. Like, like more connection, more, more great people joining the organization, more serving more customers um, just, just on that journey, you know? Uh, and I don't know where it's going to go in the sense of like, I'm not trying to become some celebrity. I think that's all garbage. I'm not trying to become some influencer. Uh, I'm just trying to be helpful, be in the collaboration space, be in the, be in the connection space. And that's just radical. <laughs> I like that. I know from my experience that goal setting is something that's super important for people because it yeah. greatly increases your chances of success. But I also see that so many people struggle more with the implementation piece. So maybe you can share some of your tips for creating results and staying consistent. In other words, how do you translate your goals into milestones, actions and habits? Um, I'll give a couple perspectives on this because I think it's different for people. I'm kind of mm -hmm. landing on that, that I think everyone has a different motivator and they got to find it somehow. Um, my, my, one of my major motivators is when I declare things publicly, I get real motivated to, 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 to make sure I don't fail there, make sure I yeah. don't, I, I succeed. And, you know, that's personal from my upbringing and my, my mentality and how my parents raised me. You know, I'm, I'm kind of like, a, I'm, I'm on a, I want to accomplish things. I want to win certain, you know, so declaring things publicly, I think is powerful for certain types of people. Mm. Once it's out there, that motivation gets burned. Now, now, now everyone knows. So, yeah. so now, you know, cause if you don't, if you just keep it in here, you don't tell anybody, then yeah. Yeah, no one knows if you failed or succeeded. Um, obviously accountability is gigantic. It's huge. it's huge, right? And and I like to describe, I think accountability works better when it's a shared journey than when it's a subordinate, you know, boss type of accountability. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if you and I, Claudia, decided that we were going to really push out um, a content strategy this year. And our goal was to put out, you know, X number of pieces of content a month, a week, a day. And we were on that journey together. Um, I, I found that, th that people have a lot more success there because they don't feel that shame necessarily of not doing it because my boss told me, um, but they also feel that freedom to be like, okay, we're, we're, we're going to figure this out together. I love that. That's exactly the way that I work with my clients too, because it's, it's this, you're in it together and it's yeah. so much more fun that way. <laughs> yes. Cause then you can screw up and it's fine. Cause you're all, you're, everyone's screwing up and you're just, yeah. yes, I totally agree. But <laughs> that said, um, if things aren't tracked, if things aren't on a board somewhere, if things aren't on a website, if they're not, if they're not being looked at, then I feel like you're not going to build those habits and that consistency if there's not a place where the information yeah. is you being need systems. marked. Yeah. You need systems. You can't just wing it. Right. Nope. Nope. So you set the goal and then you got to build the activities to reach that goal. And you got to track it every day. Mm. And you know, that's where, that's where we all fail. And I get that. It's hard. You know, it's like, that's like dieting. 
Yeah. You're like, I'm going to eat well. And then I don't I'm like, I'm going to work out and I do it once. So, you know, but that's, it's, it's all the same stuff at the end of the day. Mm, true. Now let's do a little thought experiment. If I could give you either more health, more money, more time, or more freedom right now, which one would you pick and why? Well, I think it's always going to be health, right? I, I just think it's a simple, <laughs> it's a simple thing. You can't do anything if you have COVID in bed. You can't do anything if you got, if your, if your hips don't work and your legs fall off. Cause you don't, I, you know, I, I think it's always got to be health. But you would be surprised how many people do not prioritize health, ex especially in the entrepreneur world where they all believe that they can sleep when they're dead. <laughs> Yes, hustle culture, man. Hustle culture, the toxic hustle culture. It is toxic. It is so bad. You know, okay. good choice. I love that. Thank you. Well, because <laughs> your comment of like it was funny, you said time, and mm -hmm. I'm sitting here going, well, health gives you the time. If you don't have health, you don't. Your yeah. time is gone. You will lose it. Um, yeah, you just won't have the energy. You won't have the rest. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just pretty self-explanatory. So last but not least, where can our listeners find you online if they would like to connect with you? Oh, I love that question. And it's, I get all the time <laughs> and I, I get a little bit like preachy in this part when I hear that question. So, so for us entrepreneurs and salespeople out there, the answer has to be Google every time. Oh yeah. <laughs> it has to be because if you're not on the first page of Google with your name, your own moniker, <laughs> <laughs> then you're losing. Like no one has business cards anymore. Like no one's going to hand that out anymore. So yet yeah, you should have a website, of course, with your, you know, but if, if you can't say Google and they can go, okay, and they can find you in five seconds and hit you up on any platform and connect with you, um, you're missing out on opportunity. So that's my silly answer. I know it's kind of cheesy, but it's like, <laughs> it's got to be out in the internet. <laughs> that's a great answer. You're the first one to ever answer the question that way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, because everyone says, oh, my website, or you can find me on Instagram, and here's yeah. my handle. And what if they don't have Instagram? Like, yeah. They're not going to find you there. So yeah, it's, it's one of those things. I'm a little preachy on it. Perfect. Thank you so much, Alec, for sharing all those tips and insights with us today. I really appreciate it. Of course. My pleasure. Take care and talk to you soon. You too. Take care. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Wired for Success podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you did, please take a sec to rate and review my show or share it with a friend. That way you can support the show and help me reach and support other entrepreneurs like yourself as well. If you would like my help to figure out how you can go from overwhelmed and overworked hustler to empowered and confident leader, check out my website at www.wiredforsuccess.solutions and book a free 20-minute strategy session with me. Can't wait to help you get wired for success. Until next time, take care. Bye.